Hello and welcome to Sportsbeat After Hours. We are back with part two of this two-part episode. I am your host, Hema Hemuli Jr. I'm joined by the always safe, gloved, and disinfected Zach Hicken. Yes, I was disinfected. Uh, I went into the sterilization chamber before entering the studio today. Um, <laughs> perfect health. Perfect health. Perfect health. Um, in case you guys don't know what that's in reference to, there's this comedian on Twitter um, named J.L. Coven, and he does the best impression of President Trump so I have ever seen. good. Um, in fact, him and uh, Sarah Cooper, she's she's the TikToker um, that like does like the mouthing stuff with like just so much creativity. Yeah, it's like they are both so funny. Like yeah. they have like made quarantine um, very amusing just from like the Absolutely. the parodies that they're able to do um, of the of POTUS. Yeah, uh, let me just say that. We are not the target demographic of TikTok, obviously. No. But I don't even have TikTok, but like I still see her videos. But dude, these guys, like if you're tired of like seeing teens dancing to stupid songs, yeah. <laughs> look at some of these comedians. Didn't even notice. Dude, they're <laughs> these guys are hilarious. Yeah. And uh that if you need a laugh and a good fall, those are good accounts to follow. I think that's something that we're starting to see with like TikTok is like there's actually some creativity involved. Like that's what yeah. I liked about Vine. Is yeah. like Vine snippets in six seconds, you got some crazy creative videos that were heavily edited. And you know, like TikTok, the cool thing about it, yeah, sure, you can play like whatever music you want, but like um like I feel like it kind of lost that creativity. Like all of it's just like the same thing. Like right. people doing Renegade or Doja Cat <laughs> yeah. or like whatever. Like Yes. And so it's just so repetitive. Like everyone's just copying. Um, what's her? Uh, what's the, the one girl? It's like D'Amelio. Yeah. The D'Amelio sisters. Yeah. People, everyone's just copying those two chicks. And so it's refreshing to see um, some creativity used rather than just everyone just regurgitating the same content. Yeah, for sure. Um, but speaking of originals. I don't know if this is original. I don't know. I don't know. This is a transition. I'm trying to make it work. Let's go. We're rusty. Uh, but you know what? Who else is going to be rusty? <laughs> Are all the NBA teams when they get back out on the court later this yeah. week? Yeah. First game tips off 6 o'clock Mountain Time. It's the Jazz and the Pelicans. Um, now, at the time of this recording, we aren't sure exactly uh, what is going to happen with the status of Zion Williamson after leaving the bubble, attending to an urgent family matter um great tv show by the way family matters yeah family matters <laughs> great tv <laughs> show um but we, what we want to talk about we talked about this for like a snippet last week is this title going to have an asterisk on it for whoever ends up as the nba champion mm. what do you think emma it will have an asterisk but i don't think it should matter like no whoever wins most likely the lakers <laughs> They, they, it it won't matter. In fact, I think it's even better that this asterisk would be on the title. The 2020 right. title will be insane because it's kind of like, like we talked about earlier in this podcast or last week. It's the NBA Hunger Games, dude. Yeah, this is this is like the craziest contest that anyone's ever been in. Yeah, NBA wise, and so I think. I think that would be a mark of honor is the the asterisk that ends up on the 2020 winner's uh, yeah. name. So I here's my opinion on it. Because we played, I think, close to 70% of the season, we kind of knew the storylines that had happened. Yeah. Like, things have played out significantly enough that, like, we have a pretty good idea of, like, who's going to end up at what seed. Obviously, there's still um, some infighting, some play-ins for who's going to end up in those bottom seeds. But, like, we have a pretty good of a idea of, like, who everyone is. Yeah. Now, if this were like at the beginning of the season and they're playing a 40 game schedule and then a condensed playoffs and not everyone's able to be involved, like if it's still 22 teams instead of full 30, yeah. Like everyone, it has the exact same conditions that they're playing in. Everyone's gone through the exact same time away from the court. Yeah. Um, I feel like um, it doesn't have an asterisk. Like, mm. 
that that's just my yeah. opinion. Like I no, feel I like everyone's gone through the exact same thing. Like the NBA season has like basically played out. Like this is no different than like a lockout season. Okay. And like I know some of those seasons, like sure okay. they do have an asterisk by yeah. them, but I don't think that they should because everyone's playing by like, the same rules. And there's enough games. Like I feel like once you get to the point of like having at least seventy five percent of your games played, yeah, then it doesn't matter anymore. Oh. Oh, sorry. Go oh, ahead. anyway, I was going to say it's like it's a different situation for baseball where they're only mm. playing 60 games, which is like a third of what they well, I guess it's a little more than a third of like what they would normally play. Yeah. Um, but like if something happens in baseball, like if someone hits 400, mm-hmm. like I feel like that shouldn't count because that's only a 60 game sample. Like someone yeah. can get really hot and bat, you know, 550 for. <laughs> 40 games and then end up batting 200 for the rest of the season and that ends up well I guess it would be a little bit more but like 250 whatever ends up being more than 400 yeah that shouldn't count that's not the same as playing 162 games I get that I think sample size does matter but let me hit you with this scenario okay I think the NBA season I think you're right about the asterisks like it should be treated as any other championship season but the asterisks should signify that okay so here's here's the scenario right we played a lot of the of the season already. Mm-hmm. We've gone through that grind. We've gone the length of that of that stretch, right? We made it past the All Star game. It's like on in Pokemon when you're <laughs> when you're playing the um, gym leader, yeah, and you're about to kill the guy's last Pokemon, and then he uses like super potion and like yeah. brings them all the way back. Yeah. We've got teams. That's the worst. We've got teams that are like that, right? We're right. like, oh, cool. We don't have to face Steph Curry and the Warriors, but like now he's back you yeah. know and then like other teams with other players like you know KD might well, so I mean, they're that's not going example, to but there was but, an opportunity there's a prospect yeah. that him and Kyrie could have came back but yeah that's or like uh is Nurkic there um I think he is. is he okay so that's a good example right yeah like the trailblazers they didn't have him for most of the season mm-hmm. the west has gone through the grind of a long season and then oh super heel he's back and right. now you got to face the blazers with Nurkic yeah. like that's a that's a I think that's what the asterisk should be. It should be this season is so crazy that you go through almost an entire season already. Right. And you get seated for playoffs, but then you have to there's so much time has passed that you play players that have healed. So here's something that's crazy. From the time that they last played a game, that's the same amount or I think more time has transpired since they last played a game than from when the NBA season tipped off to when it ended. Oh, okay. If I remember right. I could be wrong on that. Okay. I heard that somewhere. But anyway. That's a long, pretty interesting. long time. Yeah. yeah. It's a long, long time. Um, one thing. So here's the only way that I would personally count it as an asterisk is if there's some sort of outbreak that like completely like wipes out a team. Like if the Bucks yeah. have an outbreak in round two of the playoffs and all of a sudden like Giannis can't play and then they end up getting beat out of the playoffs. Uh-huh. That would be an asterisk right. situation in my opinion. Um, especially like. You know, if they were like up like three one on like the seventy sixers, and the seventy sixers end up going to the finals or yeah. something, or the Celtics, you know, a team like that. Or so that's like, so that's like a that's like a Houston Astros asterisk, right? Like yeah. that's a, like a asterisk where it's like, oh yeah, it doesn't count. Yeah, yeah. The Astros really should have had their World Series championship taken away. Can they still though? Uh, Rob Manfred sucks, so no. Oh, okay. Like Rob Manfred's like, oh, it's just a piece of metal. Wow. Yeah. The commissioner of baseball said that the World <laughs> Series trophy is just a piece of metal. Yeah. So he can't take it away from them. Also, no one knows Great what leadership. he's about. Because like, he says the season's on, then he says it's off, then it's on. And yeah, he's the worst commissioner in sports. Terrible. He, he found a way to pass up Roger Goodell. <laughs> like, I mean, here's the thing. Like, Roger Goodell, like, at least... Now we're going to get a little bit political, but like yeah. Roger Goodell at least backed up his players when they called him to action and they asked for support if they mm. were to kneel for the national anthem. They asked for support from the league uh, for the Black Lives Matter movement. Radio silence from baseball. Yeah. And I get that baseball is like not um, as uh, diverse of a sport as uh-huh. like the NBA or the NFL. Yeah. But, like, when you're seeing NASCAR backing up their lone black driver, they have one black athlete in right. NASCAR, and they have gone all in on him. They have completely, um, like, s- uh, separated themselves from the part of their fan base that has been True. stereotyped and, um, like, has kind of led to, uh, has created a bad reputation for NASCAR fans. Yeah. 
and they've kind of opened things up for themselves a little bit with that and like for like some new fans like watching nascar yeah because of their support of bubble wallace with everything that's gone on but then you see what's happening with baseball and it's just been i mean the last four months couldn't have gone worse for baseball dude we i mean i we talked about this before like just amongst ourselves like yeah baseball should have owned the summer oh for sure like they can't figure out anything with the cba yeah they're in fighting about it and like i'm a huge baseball fan yeah i'm like and part of it like i really wasn't excited after like what the red sox did this off season <laughs> yeah um but like i really like yeah baseball's gonna be back i'll probably watch the first couple of games but i'm really not gonna pay much attention to it like mm. i'll probably like check in once again once the playoffs start but like i'm really not all that excited yeah that's kind of a bummer oh yeah they had so much potential and they just kind of blew it. Yeah. But well, like there was a huge opportunity for baseball to like kind of regain because I feel like and this is an argument I've had with Sam Farnsworth. I feel like up until up through the like the aughts, like baseball was the number two sport in the US. Yeah. Um, and now it's been passed by the NBA. I'd say it's like goes NFL, NBA, MLB. Um, and then, like, the NHL and MLS, like, both have, like, their niche pockets. Right. Um, I, I feel like the MLS is growing a lot to, like, casual sports fans mm-hmm. and could potentially pass up the NHL and MLB permanently. But, like, the MLB is, like, really, really hurting. Yeah. And I feel like what happened really hurt because they lost a lot of dedicated fans. Yeah. Um, and they just kind of put their players, like, in a really bad situation with – you know, with the negotiations and basically like forcing them to go back to work in like mm. not perfect conditions, you know? Yeah, I agree. And I think it's their biggest disservice, I feel like, was they didn't, they just, you just gotta let your, let your guys play, right? Like yeah. it's the game. Like the game is what people loved, right? Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, interest comes and goes depending on the situation where like, you know, you have, you know, Sosa McGuire, you know, and right. then, like all the eyes get onto the sport and stuff like that. But that only happened because they just let them play. You you mm-hmm. let the game go. And uh, they've kind of been stop and start this, this season. And I like understandably, but they couldn't just figure it out just to let yeah. them play. Like as America's pastime, like baseball has been part of like so many healing moments for our country true like you think about like the depression like well you have like um the bronx bombers and like those yankees teams in the 20s and 30s that were just all-time greats and then you think about like when um the veterans came back from world war ii yeah like they came back and baseball just boomed in popularity that was like when it was like at an all-time high and you have players like joe dimaggio and uh, uh ted williams like yeah. They were able to carry for, you know, like all the way into the 60s. And then um, you started to see like the incorporation of like black players coming in mm-hmm. and like they were all time greats and, you know, home record, home run records being broken. Um, you know, Hank Aaron and uh, like everything that happened. And then you kind of saw a little bit of a dip in the 90s, like where right. basketball just took off because of Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, like, like you said, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, 9-11 happens. And like the first like major sporting event yeah. after 9-11 was um, baseball. And you have like pitch. the image of like George Bush. Yeah. Throwing yeah. out that first pitch. You have the Yankees in the World Series that year. Mm-hmm. Like it was very healing for our country. Or like even look at just individual cities that have had tragedies happen. Yeah. Um, you look at. Uh, Boston in 2013. They right. have the the bombing at the Boston Marathon. They win the World Series that year. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at what happened uh, in Houston the year that the hurricane hit really bad. That's right. And I they won the championship that, that year. Um, and so just like all like there's been so many instances of like baseball, like kind of like uniting and like rallying communities even after like some sort of like devastating event. Well, even like so, I think we can agree that like these times are very political, right? And mm-hmm. um, there's nothing we can really do about that. But like in the seventies um, there, it was a very political time too, but there's that clip of um, 
is his name Monday? The guy that saved the flag from getting burnt on the field. Do you oh, remember that? Oh yeah, I don't remember his name, but yeah, I remember. It's something like uh, yeah. I, it's like it's a day of the week. I don't remember yeah. his name, but um, yeah, like the I can still see. And I'm not a baseball guy, right? Like I watch it from time to time. I know some of it, mm-hmm. but like I can still see the image of him like scooping up the American flag, and it was kind of like a powerful thing yeah. at the time. Yeah, and um, it still can be now if you think about it, but. It's yeah, baseball's kind of been central to uh a united American kind of feeling, right? Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's partly because it's like America's pastime, but also because it's so accessible, like so many different cultures play. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, they had that opportunity to do that this year. Didn't really they crapped bad. Yeah. Yeah. And so I feel like everyone's been looking, like, baseball's coming back a whole week before the NBA. Mm-hmm. I'm still looking forward to the NBA more than I am baseball. <sighs> That's like, true. I'm, like, counting down the days until July 30th, whereas with, like, MLB, like, I could give a rats when the 23rd <laughs> passes, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's just been, it's been super interesting to see that transpire, like, for me as a baseball fan, like for other baseball fans too, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, but let's take a quick break. Hema, um, you had a chance um, while you were in Colorado to sit down with your dad, mm-hmm. BYU legend Laka Hemuli. Yeah, it was so nice to just hang out with my mom and my dad again, and they got to see their grandkids, which I know they, they miss them a lot. So um, in this recording... It's me and my dad talking about the 1984 team and um, what he remembers most about that squad. But like I said, they're excited to have their grandkids back in their home. And so you're going to hear my kids screaming and making noises in the background. So please excuse me, but I hope you enjoy uh, this clip of the conversation I got to have with my dad. That was such a good team, the 84 team. Yeah. Like, things just worked out perfect. Our oh, linebackers the... were pretty solid. Well, that was like Kirk Covell, right? We had Leon White, Kirk Covell on the outside. We had Kyle Morrell as a safety. Oh, yeah. Jeff Sprout was... Jeff oh, Sprout? He was really? A, he was a corner. See, that's a name that I don't... Yeah. He got into it with uh, Glenn Kowalski. Oh, really? Yeah. In practice? He was a JC transfer, too. Oh, okay. He came in, and then they run around, and all of a sudden, they were... <laughs> going at it, man. Because he had to go head to head. Oh yeah, yeah. Glenn was fiery. Yeah, we had a lot of a lot of good players. Yeah, we have Heyman. Heyman was uh, strong safety, you know, free safety. And then we had Will Cox, number fourteen. Oh was, yeah, uh, he was a. Uh, I think it was the other corners, but they were just solid. Yeah. The thing with that team that I remember is the most was, uh, you know how, like, we turn the ball over quite a bit, yeah. you know? I mean, we'll turn it over and then we'll come out. You know, everybody, you know, a lot of teams will go, oh, frick, again? again? Yeah. It wasn't like that. Mm-hmm. If we turn the ball over, as we run to the sideline, the defense coming in, they say, don't worry, we'll get it back. Wow. And, and they'll get it back. Yes. You know, they'll get it back. And then there's some games that, I mean, if you watch the score, we, uh, I, I ended up sitting on the sideline the yeah. whole half. I think Baylor is one of them. Because uh-huh. we score, the defense will will score, or you know we'll get a ball back on the on the other side. Yeah, and then we'll score. And after that, next thing you know, uh, you're done today. <laughs> <laughs> no, they score so much. Yeah, no, I was, I was thinking, wait a minute. Yeah. If I were to just run, stay in and run those in, you know, the second half of some of those games, nobody can touch my record, yeah. right? <laughs> I was so That's mad, so but, then, but then, you know, <laughs> he goes, yeah, if you would have just retro like they asked you to. There's <laughs> nothing, though, like, because, so Mitch Harper, he's one of my coworkers, yeah, yeah. really good friend of mine. He's our BYU insider. He's oh, yeah, a BYU yeah. uh-huh. And he tells me all the time, he's like, dude. That the thing you look at all the top, you know, ten rushing leaders at BYU, and uh-huh. he's like, the only one that's different is your dad because he played at a time where they hardly ran the ball. He's right. like, that was that was the offensive, the air attack. He's yeah, like, that's the yeah. difference. Because I mean, you look at like Luke Staley or 
you know, Jamal Williams, oh, Jamal yeah. Lewis, even. They were running the ball. They're all running, running yeah. offenses. Yeah. And um, so it's, yeah, that's that's what he tells me all the time. Rich is like, yeah, your dad was so good. He's he's yeah. up there, but he's the only one that's different because his team was the air raid offense. Did, did I ever tell you the story why how how uh, uh, how we ended up uh, when when we first came to BYU? I came in with Tom Tupolotu, you know, yeah. Casey Tupolotu was already as a fullback. So they were trying to figure out where to put us, right? Right. And because uh, well, they had so many running backs, good running backs, you know, we got Vias coming back, Bruce Hansen was was back, and and then I was talking to uh, Lance, and Lance goes, you know, it's up to you, but. I know you want to you want to play halfback, but you know we have so many halfbacks. But I, I tell you what, though, he said he said fullbacks really in this offense right now carry the ball a lot more, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And then uh, and I said, yeah, I know, but you guys run the draw a lot, you know. And there's no no plays. He said, no, we do have plays for the fullback. Okay. But we just didn't have anybody that can run, you know, that, those kind of plays, you know. Because we have so many different formations. Yeah. We go from a split to eye to to blue, brown, where you, you know, one side, the other one, or, yeah. or go one set back. We have a lot of formation. And then uh, he goes, yeah, just think about it. Then I went, I went home, I was thinking about it. Said, okay. But then another thing that I was, I was thinking said that I was, I said, it's a fullback. You know, I got to learn how to block, right? Right. And then I said, okay, the more I stay in there, the more plays they're gonna to have to give me because, right? Because the more you know, they have to kind of. So I, I said, okay, from now on, I'm gonna learn how to block. You know, catching the ball was okay. I was okay. Uh-huh. So I, I said, okay, in order for me to stay in, I gotta catch the ball. I gotta block good, and then I gotta run the ball. Yeah. So I said, next day I go, I'll play football. And he was right because Casey Tumalo was running ball a lot more than than. You know, the, the tailback at the time, the halfback was Probably going rounds. out rounds, yeah, yeah. you know, like Vi. Vi, Vi, yeah. But he was saying, no, just think about it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I go, yeah, but, you know, everybody knows that you're going to run the door. He said, yeah, but but we have other other plays that we can put in. So, yeah. That's we had, we And then we start running, you know, because I stay there all the time. Uh-huh. Then we start running the blunt. The, the blunt is the, the play that the... I ran against Utah. That I took off for eighty-three yards. Oh, okay. It's was it, it straight it, up hill, wasn't it? Yeah. It, well, it all depends on 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 uh, on how the, the linebackers in oh, the flow. Right. Okay. When you come out, I have two, uh, I have two options: either middle this or, or bounce it outside. Okay. We ran that play because we were trying to kill the clock. Right. You know, because we were going back and forth, back and forth, and then Tucker was just. You know, we couldn't stop him on the on the punt and stuff. You know, we run the 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 blunt. You know, and then I just came out and I bounced it out. I came out, bounced it out, and then I think the linebacker. If you look at the film, the middle linebacker, and then I get on that. They call it again. You know, I go I go ten, fifteen, yeah, or or, and then as soon as we got the ball back, they call that play again. You know, I came out and then I was just about to go outside. And then I see the linebacker just went outside. <laughs> and then the middle was wide open. <laughs> and it looks like a dive, but really yeah. because, and then I just, you know, because it was snow and slick. Right. And then I just. <laughs> it's really nice. So, because I, I remember you going out the middle, but that yeah. play is designed to go. Once you go through, you can either bounce it out. Yeah. You middle, you know, there's three, there's three lane, you know, that off the. Or outside, okay. Because usually, sometimes we run that to the we run that play to the uh, to the weak side, and then the tailback will seal in, and then I I'll bounce it out. Oh. It all depends on how they play, you know. Because I watch a lot of film and stuff, and the way they even the even the draw trap. You're supposed to be right up the middle, but if you look at the draw trap, a lot, a lot of times I'll just bounce it out. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. That's cool about the Utah play though, because that's. One of the plays uh-huh. that people remember the most yeah. Is, yeah. That, is that play against Utah. Yeah, it was cool to hear from your dad. I know like you have so much of his memorabilia around the office, and it's cool to kind yeah. of hear like, from his mouth um, like what those experiences were like. Because like, you obviously tell them to me all the time. Yeah. But it's cool to hear it like first party. 
um, like firsthand accounts about that. So like, dude, you should, um, you should like write a book about like your dad's career. Like even if it's just like something for your family. For sure. That's like, a great that'd be idea. Pretty cool. Actually. Uh, like I've consciously tried to, um, so, so this is kind of like another side story about my dad. I'm not going to go into a real story. It's just like everywhere I go across the nation, I'll like meet people that are either in sports or like they're Polynesian or whatever. And they, everyone has a story about my dad of some sort or That's like cool. that era. And like, I've been consciously trying to film all of this stuff, um, record it for my children and stuff. Uh, but you're right. I think I should write something, um, like, I don't know a book or at least a blog yeah. <laughs> about like the stories that my like just something for like, um, like if you got your dad's help with it and you could like write something, even if it's just for your family. Yeah. Cause like, you know, being a Polynesian football player at BYU in the eighties, like it's such a unique time. Like he kind of like helped was one of those first players that like helped establish that poly pipeline. Yeah. Um, that like is still, you know, to a degree being fed you know, not quite, the the fire hose that it used to be but like mm-hmm. it's still there and Kalani's continued um that tradition that BYU has um of being tied to the Polynesian culture so yeah, yeah. I think that'd be pretty cool like I That's a great idea so like I have a, a grandpa who um he's still alive he will be 101 years old this year oh he fought in World War II he was a pilot dang and like I would love to sit down with him and like hear all his stories. And I know That'd like be cool. Um, they've been passed down orally through like right. um, his kids, like the grandkids and the great grandkids and the great, great grandkids. Yes. He has great, great grandkids. <laughs> like um, it's crazy. Like just his descendants, I think are like up in the one fifties or something. Wow. Like that. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, he has he uh, quite the legacy, but I would love to have something like that because like if it's not written down like you know those stories to a degree can be lost or like not completely remembered yeah um so it'd be cool to have those written down i'm sure i have a cousin like a cousin or an aunt or uncle who has done that to some degree but like it'd be cool to like get the whole yeah story you know onto it like that's those kinds of things so like my my grandpa he passed away in 2017 and like i still have stuff of his and like books and things like that, records that I have of his that I treasure and like I read all the time or yeah. like I look at and it's yeah, I think it's definitely something that um you'll you'll treasure uh, uh, and your children will treasure. Yeah. Like his great 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 grandchildren or whatever. Right. Right. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um but um speaking of legacies, one of the best things I watched in quarantine okay. was Hamilton. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's like the uh, stage adaption of the autobiography of Alexander Hamilton. Obviously, everyone who's listening, you unless you've been living in Iraq, <laughs> um, you should know what Hamilton is. It just came out right. on Disney Plus on July 3rd. Um, it was released like over a full year uh, ahead of like its original release date. It was sometime in yeah. 2021. Um, they did this because of like the whole pandemic that's going on. But, um, dude, let's talk about this because I saw it too for the first time. So I have, um, I've wanted to see it for a long time. It was coming to Salt Lake, I believe this year. And I was going to buy my wife tickets when they went on sale and we were going to go see. Yeah. Um, so I went to, uh, have you ever been to a Broadway play? I've been to two. Okay. Ever. Okay. And one, one in New York. Okay. So. I was never like really much of like a musical guy. Like I enjoy like movies that are musicals like Yeah. Um like Newsies or something. Yeah. Have I ever told you my Newsies story? No. <laughs> oh, okay. So this is okay. pretty this is quick. Okay. My best friend growing up, they were only allowed to watch two things on Sundays. Okay. Um and it was like the the scripture the cartoon. The scripture cartoons. Okay. What are those called? Live uh, living, living scriptures. scriptures. So they could watch Living Scriptures or Newsies. So I thought for Wait, years that Newsies not, was not like a, musicals, Newsies, just Newsies. I thought Newsies <laughs> was a like a, an LDS movie for a oh, long time. Oh, that's funny. Until I, like I saw it. it when I was like seventeen. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so um, I like was never like really much like a musical guy. Uh huh. Um, like I like I enjoyed like Hairspray. Like I thought it was fine, but like <laughs> I I wasn't going out of my way to like go and watch right. musicals. 
anyway, um, in 2015 for my or 2016 for my wife and I's anniversary, we went to New York, and my wife wanted to go see Wicked on Broadway. And we oh. got like really good seats. Like we were on wow. the second or third row. Okay, were they like super expensive? Uh, they weren't too bad because they have this thing called TKTS in um, New York okay. tickets, and it's like this little kiosk where you can buy like discount tickets. And so mm. we bought them through okay. that. And so they were only like, uh, like forty percent off or something. Oh wow! Yeah, so you can get like pretty good like tickets like day of, but like it's usually not the most popular place. So like at the time, like the most popular things were like Lion King and Hamilton. Okay. And I think the Book of Mormon musical, like, you can't get those. Right. That, that's surprising that Lion King was so still. So I think Lion King was, like, only, like, a year or two old at that time. Wait, what year was this? 2016. No, it's been. I'm pretty know. sure it's been. Anyway, longer. it was one of the most popular things. It was hard to get tickets at that time to yeah. Lion King. Um, and so we went and saw uh, Wicked, and I was just blown away. I was like, this is amazing. Like, how do you. Okay, how do you listen to the music? Of Wicked beforehand? Yeah. So I had listened to Popular because I had a teacher in sixth grade. His name was Mr. Thomas. Uh-huh. He saw it on Broadway that year. That was 2006 with the original cast, I believe. And he was like obsessed with the music. And like when we were like doing like busy work in class, he would play the uh, he would play the music for us in class. Yeah. Okay. So I was familiar okay. with it. But like um, just seeing it adapted to a screen or to like the stage is amazing. Yeah. So, um, I, after that, we, um, ended up seeing two more musicals. The, that, we were in New what, York. That for, trip. Yeah. We okay. were in New York for, I think, 11 days and we saw oh, three musicals cow. in what our time there. See? Um, we saw Phantom. Okay. Um, and I was like completely unfamiliar with like that story. I had never seen it. And then we saw Jersey Boys because I really love oh, that yeah. movie. Um, okay. And so that was like my pick. So cool. my wife picked uh, Wicked and, um, Phantom, I picked Jersey Boys. Gotcha. And so since then, um, like I've just had an affinity for musicals. Like, yeah, I love La La Land. Um, like I've I've grown to love it. Um, I really enjoy them now. I listen to like a lot of like um, musicals that I've seen. I listen to the music afterward. Gotcha. Um, so like example, like ex- again, La La Land. I really um like like The Greatest Showman. Who didn't? You like everyone right. loved the soundtrack. Yeah. And so I was really looking forward to Hamilton. And man, blew me away. Interesting. Like I would pay full price for tickets. Yeah. To go and see it. Like no matter like what city, like definitely like once it hits Salt Lake, like I don't care how much tickets are. Yeah. Like I don't have to care if I have to get a second mortgage on my house. Like I'm going to go see it because like I was blown away. It was so good. Like, man, like Leslie Odom, that dude is legit. That's Aaron Burr, sir. Yeah. Yeah. He is legit. He was probably okay. He was probably my my favorite. Uh, let me word this carefully. He was my favorite character. He was my favorite singer and character. I don't know if that makes sense. Well, we'll explain later when we're talking about yeah. the people that we liked. Anyways, so I yeah I I really liked him. Like he came away from me. Like I was like this is like the most talented guy. Yeah. On here now. I personally my favorite piece was Jonathan Groff. Yes. Um, he's King George. Yes. Like, he's just so, like, comedic relief that he provides. And, like, he's a very talented singer. I didn't know this. He is um, uh, Sven. Yeah. Right? Is it Sven? Sven? Yeah. yeah. On uh, on Frozen. Frozen. Yeah. So, um, what's the... Really talented. What's the reindeer's name? Uh, the reindeer's name is... Um... That's Sven. Wait. No, no, you're right. Um, Sven is the um, reindeer, and the guy. So there's Olaf, is... who's the snowman. Kristoff. That's Kristoff. <laughs> there we go. He's Kristoff. Wow. Yeah. Um, you would think that we haven't been locked up with our children for the last four <laughs> months watching Frozen on repeat. Oh my goodness. Okay, so you know, I think you're absolutely right. I 100% agree. Um, n- not saying that Groff, I'm not saying that he's not talented, right? Um, I'm just like his, he sings by himself for all of his numbers, right? Right. And he's so like, all okay. alone on the stage. Yeah. You know, the, his songs are funny. They're great. Um, but like you were saying, like Odom's just like, what's his f- whole full name again? Leslie Odom Leslie Jr. Odom. He's just like, 
he's he's so talented. Like so how he, he was like he was the presence, like he was the focus on the stage, even though he's the antagonist in the play. Yes, and he's but he's got to he's got to sing, he's got to rap, he's got to dance, and he's a a main character, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Lin Manuel Miranda genius because he writes all the music or whatever, mm-hmm. but he has the worst voice out of everyone on the cast. It's fair enough. It's uh it was a grind to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> when he had to sing. Yeah. Right? He can rap. I think he's he's a good rapper as as far as a music. And he's goes. obviously brilliant. Like we're not taking right. away, you know, yeah, anything else exactly. that he's done, but like, you know, string no one can be perfect at everything. Right. And And there's so many, you know, so many other characters that are great and they're the actresses and actors are fantastic. But yeah, anyways, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, so it's surprising to me, like Jonathan Groff has become like, he's a legit star. Like he has his own show on Netflix. Um, like I'm surprised to see Leslie Odom jr. Has like his career hasn't taken off in the same way. If that makes sense, just because he was such a, a significant presence in Hamilton. Right. Um, so, like, the biggest thing I would say that he was on was, like, Murder on the Orient Express, um, was like, movie-wise. Wait. Okay. Sorry. I've seen that. I saw it just recently, and I can't remember which guy he is. Yeah. So, he is Dr. Arbuthnot. Okay. Arbuthnot. He's also, um, he has a credit in The Many Saints of Newark. I don't know what uh, what role he's going to play in that. That's the uh, that's the Sopranos prequel movie oh. that's coming out on HBO. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see um, like what his career holds for him. Cause I think he's extremely talented. Really like talented. he has a, like a lot of like single episode, like gotcha um, appearances in, like shows like Gilmore girls, Grey's anatomy, supernatural. Mm. But like, okay. I feel like he's a guy that could like carry a show. Gotcha. And and We've he kind that. of did in Ham- like yeah. honestly because he's like the narrator slash the narrator true for most of it. Yeah, I agree. With so you. I think that's probably the absolute like best thing I've seen in quarantine. But like, what else have you seen in quarantine that you've really enjoyed? Oh man, that's a good question. So and it could be like movies, TV shows, anything. Okay, so YouTube I've kind videos. of videos. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so everything's kind of a blur with the internet because I kind of just look at everything that's on the internet. But if I was going to say like traditionally something I sit down and watch, um, I've kind of been getting into like a lot of trash TV. Okay. And like one of the shows that I've been into is uh, 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> <laughs> so let me explain myself. Okay? okay. Before I get crucified here. No, it's, it's, it is trash television, right? It's reality TV. It's got an absurd premise where you basically follow people that are getting their green cards or, you know, whatever. They're trying to work out how they're going to be. They have 90 days to to um, to work out their relationships or whatever so that the one of the partners who's not from the U.S. Um, can stay in the U.S. And then they kind of follow up after. But what got me into the show was there's like one of the first seasons. There's like this Samoan guy who's straight from Samoa, so we call him fresh off the boat, dude. And he's okay. like got a funny accent, and like his fiance, who's from the states, was like, um, you know, saying like you, I I don't understand why like you don't. Uh, she's like kind of digging into him or whatever and she's talking so fast because she's stressed and she's using all this like complicated American language and stuff like that and he goes <laughs> he goes why do you use so much expensive words <laughs> speak simply and it's just like I died I saw that clip and I'm like I have to see this guy's season so I, that's what got me hooked into the okay. show and Oh, it's so funny. And like some of the things they do are just so stupid. Like it follows a bunch of different couples and um, they're trying to figure out how things work. And like, I don't know. It's just so fascinating. Like coming from somebody who's like a first generation American and like, you know, you're you're probably right too. Yeah. Yeah. You're an immigrant. It's just like the cultural differences. Yeah. It's fascinating. So if you're really into other cultures and like the drama of like, like, how things how you make things work in different cultures i think you'd like that show but so 
Um, I didn't know that's what the premise was. Yeah. Now I'm kind of interested because it like, is interesting, right? Like going through the green card process, man, it is so crazy. Like you go in and oh. they like ask you, like you know, like what color is your wife's toothbrush? What color? What yeah. side of the bed does she sleep on? Like, and these are questions they've asked you, right? Yeah. So we, when we first went through our process, um, it was actually kind of interesting because they um, like called us in, and this was to get my temporary resident card. So um, when you when you apply for a green card, you have to get like what's called like a temporary resident card when you're getting it through marriage. Um, cause they want to make sure that, like, this isn't like a scam. Right. So you get a card that lasts for two years. And the first time we went in for like our, um, uh, like our meeting, like we got called in for a meeting basically to provide bona fides, which is like our proof that like we're legitimately married. And so, like, the first thing that we, like, showed the person uh-huh. was a picture of me and my wife at sophomore prom. <laughs> and she's like, oh, stamp. Like, oh, you're was, Yeah, oh, nice. like, it was actually pretty easy. But, like... Is um, it typically pretty difficult for, like, other people? Yeah, like, basically, like, we had, like, a lawyer at the time. And she, like, kind of, like, prepped us on, like, what to expect, like, question-wise. Gotcha. Um, but, like, we just showed, like, pictures. Like, me and my wife went to prom every year that we were in high school together. Yeah, we dated all through high school. Like we started dating when we were freshmen in high school, and so like we basically just showed all these pictures, and like we basically got approved. And so That's it was cool. that was very easy. But like, you know, like she kind of did ask like a couple questions, like to make sure, yeah, you know, that we weren't just like <laughs> friends or something that like got married, and she was just helping me out. But um, yeah, and then the second time, um, my wife was pregnant at the time when we had to renew. And get what what is a ten year visa, which is a, like an actual green card. So when we were renewing, they asked for like bona fides. So I got like a letter from like uh, my ecclesiastical leader. Okay. Um, I got a couple letters from like some good friends, um, and then I uh, also sent in um, an ultrasound because <laughs> my wife was pregnant at the time, and so. Uh, they approved it after they got the ultrasound. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so that's interesting. We kind of lucked out with like having some good bona fides because like yeah. some people like even though they're like legitimately married, like you know for one happenstance or another, like right. it doesn't benefit them. Like right. they they can't prove it, and so it doesn't really like they have to go through some uh, hurdles. But yeah, it's that's interesting. Interesting. Um, man, what else? What have I watched? Uh, so you've been I think you've you've been rewatching a lot of stuff though. Yeah, I've been like rewatching The Office. Um I'm always rewatching The Office. Uh I you know like so I know I mentioned like in the last episode like I finished my basement like I didn't have like a lot of time to like go through and like watch like a lot of like newer stuff so like I'm kind of catching right. up now. <clears throat> so I just watched Ozark. Um I think mm. this was like one of the better seasons. Okay. I liked season three. Like, I'd probably rank it like season three, season one, season two. Wow. Um, I also just watched Killing Eve, which is a really fun show. It's on Hulu. It's through BBC America. Okay. Um, It's about an MI6 agent played by Sandra Oh. She was on Grey's Mm. Anatomy. Yeah. Um, And she is, like, hunting a serial killer. Okay. And so, um, and, like, the serial killer, like, falls in love with her. And so it's kind of like, it's a pretty interesting story. Cool. Um, what else? I finally caught up on Shit's Creek. Right. Um, super popular Netflix show. Um, I really liked Onward, the Pixar movie. Oh, yeah. I forgot that came out. Yeah, that came out during quarantine. Was that like the last really released movie? Yeah. And that so it like came out. It like came out in theaters. And then because like they knew that like they couldn't like re release it, they brought it out on disney plus yeah which was a smart move because i think i feel like most people got their watches on disney plus right oh yeah because a lot of people were like getting disney plus because the mandalorian was out and then they forgot they had it and yeah and then like well like my thing was i really wanted to see it um and all of a sudden like so the week it came out i was down in las vegas and i was just gonna go see it one night because they had like a movie theater in the casino that we're staying at Mm -hmm. um and so I was going to go see it one night and then I was just like, mm, like, I'd really like to see this with my son. Like, this is supposed to be like a movie about like family and like, yeah. you know, relationships with dad. So I was like, I'd, I'll save this and I'll, I'll go see it with my wife. And all of a sudden, like 
we're down in Vegas and everything shuts down. Mm. And so, yeah, that was, uh, I really enjoyed watching that. We've watched it a couple times. My son kind of likes it. Um, my kid, so this is interesting. My kids, I took them to see it at theater. Um, I wouldn't say they weren't interested, but they didn't, they didn't follow along. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like they would with Frozen. You right. You know what I'm saying? But I got to tell you, dude, that movie hits different when you have kids, oh, right? Oh, for real. <laughs> like, uh, especially if you're a dad. Yeah. I think it hits pretty different if you're a yeah. dad. But it's a good one. Yeah. Like so, that. like, my wife's dad passed away, and so, like, that was pretty an emotional watch for my wife. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and, like, it was an emotional watch for me. Just, like, yeah, like you said, like, having kids, it kind of hits different. But my son didn't really enjoy it the first time, but, like, we watched it after, and he actually sat down and like would watch it mm. um man i'm trying to think of like what else i've watched so can i i, I just thought of something that i watched that i really liked. yeah uh it's called making it have you heard of it no okay so this is pretty cool it's uh i'm pretty sure it's an nbc show um it's on hulu now but i think they're gonna like put it on uh the peacock or whatever their, okay. their streaming thing is um what it is is it's a game show slash reality show um, hosted by Amy Poehler oh, and cool. uh, and uh, Ron Swanson. What what's his real name? I forget. Uh, Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman. And the premise of the show is they take a bunch of contestants. I think it's like eight people, and they run them through different challenges where they make things, and they're just basically creators. Like some people yeah. are painters, and some people are craftsmen, and whatever. They all. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen this. Yeah. yeah, it's really cool. Cool. And it's like a really positive show. So like, if you're kind of tired of like drama and all the negativity, and negativity yeah. things. Like even though it's a game show, like they make fun of the whole like. You know, it's a cutthroat business or whatever. And then they like quick pan over to the the contestants all like helping each other. With, with yeah. Their, it's, it's really cool. That's it's cool. cool um, you did mention earlier that I've been rewatching stuff. I just remembered I rewatched Avatar The Last Airbender because it came <gasps> on Netflix. Yes. And you watched it. I don't think you I finished did. it. I'm not quite done yet, but okay. I'm almost there. I Man. forgot what season I'm on. Dude, I forgot how much I love that show. It's a classic. I think that is, I mean... I mean, it's a kid's cartoon for sure. Like, I watched right. it when I was a kid. I think I was, um, I want to say 12 when it first came out, when the first season came out. Mm. And so I watched the first two seasons. Yeah. And I caught the third season later. I think it was when I was in college. Man, it holds up. Yeah, it's really And, like, good. I feel like the messages that it sends now are super important. Like, um, you know, like, overcoming differences, like, yeah. treating others with respect, like, um, like it hits on some pretty heavy topics like loss, genocide, um, yeah. like, like losing uh, a parent. Yeah. Family dynamics. Like a lot of it. Yeah. What? Okay. So do you, cause you watched that and you watched Legend of Korra, didn't you? Did oh you yeah. Finish that? Um, what's a comparable TV show to like Avatar? I don't know if there is one that's like accessible to kids. That's also, I mean, it's like. I it's can't like, think of anything that's accessible to kids that kind of has like these same themes. It's like, it's almost like Sesame Street, except like, cause, okay, let me back up. Because Sesame Street, obviously, it's like for younger children. Right. Um, but like the same way Sesame Street or like Mr. Rogers Neighborhood like deals with serious issues, but they like, um, present it to a younger audience. Yeah. Except Avatar does it in like a story format. So it's almost like. I don't know if that's making sense. I can't really think of, and like, forgive me for, I'm sure that there's some other type of anime, because like, this is something like anime does a really good job with is like, it can hit really heavy topics, but like, put it like in a mystical setting. Yeah. Um, so that way, like, it still is like very entertaining, but like, it can still hit those heavy topics. Um, man, I can't really like think uh, of anything else. It's like the only other animes that I've really watched. Or, like, Dragon Ball Z, and then I've, like, when I was a kid, like, I grew up with Pokemon, so I, like, saw, like, the first several seasons of Pokemon. And so, like, even Pokemon, you know, like, it hits on, like, some heavy topics, but, like... It's not the same. It's, like, (laughs) Pikachu hitting, um, like, Team Rocket with, like, a thunder shock, (laughs) and then blasting off, like, every single episode. Like, it's just not the same as Avatar. And, like, Avatar has, like, very light moments, like... Right. You know, like, 
um, Aang wanting to go penguin sledding and stuff like that. But, like, at the same time, like, it's a race against time to, like, save the world from, like, this evil, tyrannical dictator who wants to, like, commit genocide against, like, the other kingdoms or groups or whatever, or races. I'm not sure how you want to classify them. Um, Anyway, yeah, it's just very... It's a great, great show. Like, if you haven't seen it... If you have kids that are like over the age of seven, I feel like that's probably like where you could start watching them and them understanding the themes. Yeah. Sit down and watch it with your kids because it's a lot like it really is a lot of fun. I really, really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I also really enjoyed The Legend of Korra. Um, It's one season longer. Um, It totally hits on like those same topics. Like the second season, I would like hold up with like anything uh, from Avatar? From Avatar. Wow. Yeah, and the okay. first season, like, it starts super slow because um, they're, like, trying to, like, do this world building, like, to show, like, all the changes that, like, that world has gone right. through. So the first, like, three or four episodes are super slow, but, like, it picks up around, like, episode five or six, and, like, from episode six to, like, the end of season two uh-huh. is fantastic. Interesting. Um, season three, like, has its moments, um, but, like, it kind of drags a little bit. Same yeah. with season four. Um, but like, I love the ending of it. Like, it's so good. I'm not going to spoil anything, but like it hits on like s- some topics that like no children's shows hit on. Yeah, that's true. It was very innovative. And so I really enjoyed it. I think, uh, <laughs> I think we don't have to worry about spoiling things because I feel like we, we like these animes, right? Yeah. But if anyone hasn't seen it, they've probably tuned out by now. Yeah. Even like, okay, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna share another thing that I that I thought was really good that I watched, and it's an anime too. I okay. freaking love anime. Um, do you uh, have you seen? Uh, it's called um, Your Name. It's like a. I haven't. It. It's a. It was a release in Japan. Is like a full length movie, 2016. Won a bunch of awards, and it's. Uh, wait, 2016? Maybe 2018? Anyways, it's really good. If you haven't seen any of these shows and you are slightly interested in anime, go watch them. Avatar, uh, Your Name, they're all great stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, Avatar's not really traditional anime, but, like... It's like a... Yeah. It's kind of like a Western version of anime. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. It does. And, I mean, it's a very good serialized um, story. Yeah. Like, it's understandable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I... Yeah. I highly recommend it. The last thing that we're going to talk about um, movie-wise uh, is Palm Springs. Now, Hemet, you saw like yeah. the first half hour of it. Um, it's pretty entertaining. Yeah. Um, I think it's the best movie I've seen in quarantine. Really? Yeah, best original movie. New movie. Best new movie, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, it is rated R, right? Yeah. Um, so fair warning if you're not into that kind of stuff. But it is hilarious. Yes. I think it's really funny. I haven't finished it. So once you finish it, we're actually going to do, and I'm not going to spoil anything, but um, there's a there's a subgenre of movie that it is. We're going to talk about that. We're going to do an episode ranking this subgenre of movies. Dope. And so um, once Hema finishes it, and uh, yeah, that'll be um, a couple weeks out. But excited to talk about it. Um, the other thing that like we've both been into um, is like a lot of music. Yeah. And so, like, what have been, like, your quarantine jams that you've been listening to? Okay. So, I've kind of gone – I know historically on this podcast, we've talked about, like, different releases of, like, Mm -hmm. albums that have come out. And I'm not really going to do that. In fact, I'm going to go pick out, like, uh, certain artists that I've been listening to on repeat that are, like, um, fairly new. And I hope that people haven't heard of them. It'll be like okay. kind of like a gems sort of yeah. thing, like music that we've found. Um, so do you want to go first to stuff you've been listening to or do you want me to go? Yeah. Um, so like the first thing I've been listening to is like a lot of like um, I have this playlist on Apple Music called Easy Rock. Okay. And it's um, kind of just like uh, like not like heavy rock, but just like rock music from like the 70s to 90s it's just kind of like okay um not like quite like yacht rock but just like a little bit softer so it's like the eagles um some like fleetwood mac um but like one song that like randomly is in there 
that I really like is this song called Walking in Memphis by Mark Cohn. Oh, yeah. And I just, I don't even know. Like, it, it's not like a huge a hit, song. but like, I actually like really like, like that song. And so, um, that was like a playlist I listened to a lot when I was like finishing my basement. And like, I just remember like the couple days that I spent painting, um, I like rolled my basement. So like, it took like a long time to do. Yeah. And like, I just did it by myself. And so like, every time that song would pop up on like, my playlist i'm like oh yeah walking in memphis you know <laughs> um so i've yeah that's like one song that oh, like shoot. sorry i i uh really enjoyed during quarantine but like the eagles or sorry just eagles um they're not the eagles they're just oh, eagles yeah. okay uh and a lot of fleetwood mac like i really like fleetwood mac dope um yeah that's i like that twist i thought you were gonna pick like new guys or new artists or whatever, but no, dude, I just been listening to like an, a lot of like older stuff, man. Okay, cool, I dig it. Um, okay, the first person I'll start out with, um, she's kind of blowing up on the scene. Uh, her name is Benny. She's from New Zealand, so okay, that's cool. how I discovered her. Was she was on my a New Zealand playlist, you know, months ago, and now she's just getting to the U.S. This song called "Super Lonely" is really good. Um, another band that I've been listening to, it's an artist and his name is Thundercat. Dude's a bass player. This like crazy black guy that like wears like cat ears and stuff like that. But dude, yeah. dude plays like a seven stringed bass and sings while he's playing. And his songs are really groovy. Um, he's got a song called Dragon Ball Do-Rag. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what else I've been listening to. Uh, I actually really randomly liked Lady Gaga's new album. Oh, yeah. She came out with a song with uh, Ariana Grande Grande. called Rain On Me. Rain On Me. It's like good. uh, I listen to it like when I'm like running. Interesting. It's like a good, like, upbeat, like, if you okay. want to, like, pick up the tempo a little bit. Cool. Um, I also want to listen to, like, a lot of Foo Fighters. Like, I just, Foo I'm Fighters. not someone who's, like, into, like, super new music. Um, I think you've gotcha. kind of gathered that from, like, just working with me for a yeah. long time. Like, um, I just, like, dude, my favorite band is, like, Third Eye Blind. Like, I could just, like, listen to Third Eye Blind all the time. Yeah. Like, their early stuff is so good. Like, Man, I just I get so bummed thinking about like what if like they never broke up, dude. They even the the album that they came out with before they broke up or whatever, yeah, is pretty dope. I I like them. Yeah, a lot. like I think like their like their first album like that's named after the band Third Eye Blind. Uh-huh. They just had, like a twentieth anniversary with like some like the tracks that they were recorded like back um, before and like. Mm-hmm. Just like those recordings are so good, like yeah. man, I just I love them. Like, uh, what was the other thing? Oh, uh, you kind of made fun of me a little bit for this, but like <laughs> I liked Machine Gun Kelly's song. Oh yeah, uh, Bloody Valentine, where like it basically like led to Megan Fox leaving her husband. Yeah. But, like, I just saw, I remember I saw Megan Fox, like, trending on Twitter one day. I was like, okay, what's this all about? And so I look on Twitter, and she's like, uh, like, it's like, Megan Fox, like, is starring in a music video by Machine Gun Kelly. I'm like, what? It's like, huh. Megan Fox. I was like, I haven't thought about her for, like, 10 years. Yeah. I was like, man. So I, like, go in there. It is the most 2006 song I've ever heard in my entire life. Right. Down to the point of like having Megan Fox in the music video. <laughs> like it sounds like anything that like it sounds like something like all time low or something yeah. like what it came out with. Like That's it's a very good... like mid two thousand six like pop punk emo. Yeah. Um, from Machine Gun Kelly, which is crazy. Which is weird because like he's like a rapper. I right. don't even know like any other songs that like he does. Yeah. 
like I just know the name, right? But I know that like he's supposed to be like a rapper, but like yeah, I thought that song was kind of a bop. Yeah, interesting. That's yeah. wild. Um, um, yeah, dude, this is great. We could go on and on because like I've we've both had the opportunity to listen to a lot of music. Like this yeah, thing. my biggest thing I've been listening to like the last couple of weeks is like Hamilton, like. Yeah. Like, I always, like, on my commute home, like, I have to listen to at least one Hamilton song. Yeah, I feel you. I like it. Yeah, should we wrap it up? Yeah, let's wrap it. This it's is, late. It's late. Um, we uh, we have a lot going on. Um, we got a big week ahead of us, so we got to rest up, man. Yep. Got to rest up. So uh, thank you, everyone, for coming along for the ride. It's been good to have you back the last couple weeks. It's good to be back in the studio. Um, I've obviously... Obviously, him and I have seen a lot of each other, but um, yeah, reach out um, and uh, just say hi uh, to all of our listeners out there. We want to hear from you. Want to get some love, some feedback. Tell us what we're doing good and what you want us to change, and uh, we're happy to be back. Yep. But thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for riding through. I am Hema Himaloo Jr. He's Zach Kaken. Good night, everybody.